This is the MDRT Podcast. Advisors know what to do when a client meeting is ordinary, but what do you do when, say, you realize the client's dog was drinking your tea? During a recent conversation at MDRT headquarters, Mark Olson, Austin, Texas. David Braithwaite from London in the UK. Sophia Dumianski from Hartford, Connecticut. Jonathan Kessel from Ingersoll, Ontario, Canada. Shared the most unusual client experiences they've had and how they handled the situation. A lot of the people that I deal with are in the media, in the public eye, and I happened to break my leg uh, about nearly two years ago, and ankle and everything, I was in plaster and couldn't move anywhere, I wasn't allowed to leave the bedroom for weeks, and I put off this really well-known client for a meeting, and because I couldn't drive. And eventually, I booked this appointment in, putting her off twice. Third time, I had another operation I had to do. So. I needed to cancel, I thought I can't cancel her again. So I still went. I stayed in a hotel just around the corner from where she actually lives. And this is somebody who's very well known off the television. So I turn up to her house with crutches, all my stuff in a rucksack. She has a gravel drive that I can barely put my crutches and walk in. I get in there and she's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you still come because I'm on crutches with this big boot on my leg. So my worst thing is my house is an upside down house. All my upstairs is downstairs and my downstairs is upstairs. So for the first client meeting that I had with her, good impression, I went up the stairs on my bottom while she had to carry my crutches and my rucksack upstairs to her living room because all her bedrooms were on the ground floor. So that was always quite a funny story, but we're friends for life now and she's never forgotten that first meeting and nor have I, the determination that you have to go and see a client, but actually the way you see them and how you carry it off is just as important as actually just being there. And it's funny now, I can laugh at it, but at the time it was a bit embarrassing. Do you think any unexpected benefits have come from that experience? I think I'm certainly unforgettable. I'm probably the only person that's gone to her house and gone upstairs on my hands and knees and bottom. Even among her friends probably haven't done that one. So it's good fun, but uh, yeah, client for life, which is great. So very funny, I thought. When I got started, I learned the importance of prospecting in the right environment because we got to the home, me and other agent, we went through the whole presentation. There were seven of them, they've decided to purchase insurance. And as we filled out the applications, they've all assumed that uh, the state of Connecticut would fund them. So from that point on, I've learned to pre-qualify individuals over the phone before going out anywhere. What did you say? How did you improve that setting? We just said, I'm, I'm sorry, the state does not cover the insurance this way. And we just had to leave. I've got another awful story. And this is going back nearly 20 years ago when I first started out doing it and used to go and see any client, any place, any time and do anything for these people. And at the time, the lady said to me, would you like a cup of tea? I was like, yeah, that's fine. I put the cup of tea just down beside the armchair on the floor. And she had a little dog. And she went off to go and get some paperwork. And I heard this noise. And I was like, the dog's lapping up my tea. And I had to make a decision. Do I, when she comes back into the room, drink the tea or tell her? I drank the tea. (laughs) And I've never, yeah, still makes me cringe now, but at the time I didn't have the heart to say to the client at the time, I'm really sorry, but your dog's been drinking my 
drink so can you make another one I was just more keen to make sure I made a good first impression so I actually drank dog tea <laughs> now who can top that I can you can <laughs> maybe not that well but <laughs> so I had a client meeting as well and a dog came in I petted the dog and instead of like barking or doing anything this dog turns around and just farts on me just farts and the clients look at me and they start like laughing and they go you know now we have to sign the papers and they became my clients so i guess if the dog didn't do that who knows how that meeting would have turned out <laughs> so that could be a good tip to other revisers isn't it bring yeah, your own dog that's got wind dog. um and set it up as a prop so they didn't become a client but i do have uh it's definitely a crazy story i uh, an agent had gone out of the business and she had an appointment scheduled for a Friday and I said alright well I guess I'll go see if I can make the sale and so I went out to see this person that she had booked the appointment with and as I came into the house we had to walk across these planks and I could see directly down into the stone cellar so it was dangerous getting in and then after I was in there it was like a zoo inside the house literally the different types of animals that were in there there were birds flying around just free and we sat at one of those electrical spools which was what they had for a table and I presented the insurance to cover their mortgage protection it was a whopping $12 a month. And they said, wow, I didn't think it was gonna be so expensive. So I knew right then I didn't really have a client. I did get out of there as quickly as I could. And this was, I bet you 28, 29 years ago. So I was just a, a young kid out of college. And that's one of those experiences you definitely remember and, and you never wanna relive. I'm starting to be really thankful I don't have any crazy stories, <laughs> honestly. I, I have uh, a Give story it time. from... Yeah, sure, yeah. So a uh, client, it's not a client of mine per se, but it's a prospect, I'll call him, who is uh, anti-insurance and is not someone who believes in insurance, so much so that they would travel from Canada to the United States without travel coverage. And we would advise against it and advise against it, and they would go anyway. Uh, sure enough, one trip down south, the man's wife had, I think she had broken her ankle. So they had to go to a hospital, so they thought we should drive back. We're not insured over here, we got to get back to Canada. They had uh, gotten pretty close to the border, but had to turn into a hospital. And she had uh, some work done, and she came out and he said, well, I'll call her Jane. Well, Jane, the good news is, is that they fixed you up and, and everything's going to be fine. The bad news is, is if I would have known it would cost me $15,000, I would have said, see ya, Jane. <laughs> uh, I'm off. <laughs> That's kind of the attitude he had. So as I'm thinking, I'm remembering the time when I used to do these educational workshops, raising financially responsible children. And I would teach parents how to teach kids about money. And one of the things was it talked about that the kids need to do chores. And some of the chores that they do, you would pay them for it. And the other chores that they would do, they would just have to do because they're part of the community. Just like us, when we go to work, we get paid, but we still have to get up, brush our teeth, do our bed, eat in the morning. So we do them at different daycares, and that was the way I found and met some of my clients. So I remember walking into one of the households and we're sitting 
around the kitchen table with the mom and the dad and this kid who's about eight years old at that time. I keep catching her chasing at the corner of my eye, just going from hallway one to another, one to another. And she just kept going for about 10, 15 minutes. And the father said, sweetie, are you okay? And then she comes into the kitchen, takes her finger and points at me and goes, you, you're the one that did this to me. So she was super upset that her parents put her on a budget and she had to do chores to make money and save money. (laughs) So it was really cute and funny. But the nice part of it is she is now my client. So this was good 11 years ago and now she's in college and started doing her planning. So I feel like I was part of that training a little bit. What did you say when her finger was pointed in your face? I didn't know what to say, I just said there. She was like, no, you did this. But they did everything that we taught them, the jars. So the point was that there's long-term saving, short-term saving, mid-term saving, and the charity jar. And this particular couple allowed their kids to purchase whatever they wanted. And now the kids went on a budget. Did she ever apologize for that moment? Never did. You but we joke about her. it. You haven't we brought joke. it up with her. <laughs> so I remember you 11 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, she said that when we met again. She's like, <laughs> I remember how you changed my life. <laughs> she probably wants you to tell her kids. Yeah, I'm the sure. The same lessons, I'd imagine. <laughs> Hopefully, when she has some, yeah. So what did all of you learn from these situations? Is there anything you would do differently in the future as a result? I know that there's some folks that just can't use the services or for one reason or another you shouldn't really chase the china sometimes you just need to know when someone doesn't want or need or there isn't a connection between you and a client and to not fret and to move on i think from my point of view when you go and see a client always just be yourself be true to you and be the same personality that you would be in or out people buy and take advice from people they want to hear your stories. They want to know you've got the experience. They want to see and experience the real you. So if you do find yourself in an awkward situation where you're with a client or maybe you can't get up the stairs like I couldn't with what my story was, is just laugh it off, go with the flow, and don't try and cover up stuff. I think it comes a lot with experience, but the sooner we stop worrying about what other people think of us and just go in and be it ourselves and give the right advice, whether they take up that advice or not is up to them. But I think we've always got to be genuine to ourselves and then we can be our true characters. Well, definitely uh, pre-qualifying who you're going to see to some degree, having an idea of the type of people that you want to meet with and want your business to be and not just go anywhere in chase of making a sale. I think you really need to decide who you want to serve and work with those people and target market those people. I'll add to my story a little bit, which is that the reason I went to go and see the person that was I had to go upstairs on my bum is exactly as, as you were saying, is that actually know what your target market is. What is it that you really like dealing with people in your business for? So the sort of clients that you have. So I know that mine's in the media and the public eye. I go and see people like that and I come away feeling better for having met them those sort of clients, not the ones that are the the sort of atmosphere hoovers, the ones that you go and see. And when you've been to see them, you think, oh, that was really hard work. You just don't click quite right. So if you find something that you like, whether it's a certain demographic, whether it's a certain profession that they're in, 
once you find that you can live eat and breathe within that profession and get to know it brilliantly so that you become the go-to expert for those people so with me with the media people I do a lot with clients in the BBC so I know their pension scheme inside out I know their building I have a pass to get in and out I read their staff booklet I immerse myself in their world so that when they talk to me about their world I understand it and I think that's crucial if you would do want to become a specialist is be a specialist don't say that you are without being one immerse yourself in their world and get to know it inside out and back to front so I mean I agree with a lot of it being genuine honest being yourself is big and also understanding that what we do today could have an impact on our practices too, 10, 15, 20 years out. I always talk about the ripple effect, right? Whatever we say kind of carries on forward. I do agree that target marketing is extremely crucial, but also working with people that you really enjoy to do business with, but that they enjoy working with you as well. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes at MDRT Podcast. We'll see you next time.